The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. The title to my message today is You Get What You Say. Uh-huh. You will definitely, if you never learn anything else from a message today, just know you will definitely get what you say. And that's what the Word tells us from Genesis to Revelations. You can have what you say, of course, if you believe it. David and I, we strive to go over to the Inlet, which is just a few uh, blocks up the road, to work out every morning before we begin our day. And I only, well, he made five days this week, only made four. But usually, you know, I try to make at least four or five days a week to go work out because it's important that you keep your body in shape as well as your mind. You know, you need to, it's our temple and we need to do our part, you know, and keeping it, you know, with eating and I, I'm not teaching on that either. However, <laughs> however, as, as I was working out, I was thinking that, you know, this thought came to me as I was sitting there, you know, doing my weights. And, and the thought was, you know, you sure teach a lot about the same thing all the time and I thought well that's right you know I do and I think the enemy brought that thought trying you know God will bring a thought the enemy bring a thought God will bring a thought so as I was sitting there and he said you teach um, that and, and I thought Lord you're right you know I primarily most people that know have ever listened to any of my messages on YouTube or the radio or wherever you know I teach a lot about speaking God's word, speaking it and believing what you speak and acting on it. I, this is what I do. And, and as I was having these thoughts, the Lord impressed upon me that some things take more time to learn than others. You know, he says, for instance, the Lord impressed upon me that as a child, he says, it took a lot of practice to even learn how to tie your own shoe. He said, it took a lot of time to learn how to dress yourself and to feed yourself. You didn't get it the first time that your mother tried to show you how to feed yourself or to dress yourself. It was in, it was in that. Also, you notice too that most people, when they start a new job, that the employer will normally provide you with a training manual. You, you have to, there's all things. You know, a lot of people, I think they think about Christianity or religion. I don't, I don't like religion. I like Christianity. Uh, I'm in Christ. Not, that's not a religion. It's a Christianity. Uh, that just because you, you begot, became born again, became a child of God, that that's where it stops at, that you don't have to go to school. But you didn't, you, you know, that's not the way it works. I mean, the moment that you accept Jesus as your Lord, you, you, you're in class. And you're studying because you have to because you, you, once you get that sign on your back that I'm a Christian, that, you know, that I'm a believer, that I'm no longer a non-Christian, the enemy is going to come after you even more. And if you don't get in that word and find out what that word says, I see you're not going to win any of your battles. I'm here to tell you that you're not. The Lord also, except my point is, he said, all things are learned through repetition. And he reminded me that we have been so conditioned to the world's way of thinking and doing things that it's going to take a lot of hearing and hearing over and over again to get to the place that he wants us to be. You just cannot come in and hear the word a few times and think that you have it. You don't have it. 
Pastor Larry teaches a lot and he repeats himself, but he, it, it is in repetition that you get what he's saying. And if he didn't repeat it, you have new people coming in and you have some people that are further along in the Lord than others, but you have to have that repetition. You have to continue to hear and hear and hear. I know personally that I listen to several, I listen to messages several times over and over and over and over again. And I'll read different verses over and over and over again. I want to commend them, you know, uh, not next to my mind, but I get them here so I can get them down in my spirit. Now, when they get in your mind, it takes a while to get them out in your spirit. And you don't get that the first time you hear something. So a lot of things I might even speak on this morning, you may not get it the first time. But that's okay, because there will be a CD, and there will be a DVD, and it's live streaming. <laughs> you know, and, and Romans 10, 17 says that's how faith comes. It's repetition, repetition. Paul spoke on spiritual immaturity in Hebrews 5.12. In a New Living Translation, Paul said, you have, you have been believers for so long that he said that you ought to be teaching others. He says, but instead you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. He says, you are like babies who need milk, who need milk and cannot eat solid food. And 1 Peter 2, 4, um, 2, 2 says, like newborn babies, he says, you must crave your, uh, he said, crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. He said, you'd cry out for the nourishment. Paul said to the Corinthians, brothers, stop thinking like children in regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be mature. And you may not know what that, that's in 1 Corinthians 14, 20. You may have read that scripture and not know exactly what that means when Paul says, in regard to evil, be infants. But in your thinking, he says, be mature. What he's saying here is that you should know more about what's going in, on in the world, the evil that's going on in the world, than you know about what's going on in the word of God. In the heavenly realms. That's why he said to focus on the things of the above and not on the things of this earth. Amen. But more, most people can tell you, you know, that if you're a sports person, and I'm not knocking anything, I'm just making a point, that if you are a, a sports fan you, and you talk to that person, they can tell you who, you know, who played that game, when that game was played, what the score is, and what they scored five years ago. They can give you all the information on it. If you're talking about music, and especially world of music or any music, especially world of music, you can tell you every song, who sang that song, and what year it was uh, brought out. If it's a movie, you can do the same thing. But God said here to be infant in those things. Be like an infant. In other words, he don't want you to know much about that. He says, I want you to be mature in your way of thinking. And mature, he's talking about his way of thinking. Yeah. So we don't have to, it's not important for us to know what everything that goes on in the world. And otherwise, it's, in other words, it's not necessary to listen to every newscast that comes on or every piece of information that's going on. It's not, I'm not saying you don't want to listen to some of it. I'm just saying you don't have to feed on it. We need to be feeding on other things because it's those other things. It's the word of God that is going to set you free. It's the word of God that's going to get you out of those dire circumstances that you're in. The way of the world will never, never get you out of any circumstance. It'll only get you further in. Are you hearing me? Amen. You may not be aware of this, 
but thinking influences your behavior. I've told a lot about thinking because that has to do with speaking. Because you're going to think it first, and then you're going to speak it, and then you're going to act on it. But a lot of people are not aware of how much thinking influences their behavior to the extent, actually it, it, it influences your behavior to the extent that you mentally map out your plans for success and carry out those plans accordingly. And it says, and then your assurance of success increases. However, if a person is more focused on failure than on success, the likelihood of his or her failure will increase. Did you hear that? You're going to, it's what you're focusing on. When your minds dwell upon success, your thinking will yield positive outcomes and the fulfillment of your dreams will happen a lot sooner when you focus on those things. Are you hearing me? Saints, what I'm trying to say is that once you start believing that something is possible, the likelihood of you taking the action to achieve that goal will greatly increase. Once you start believing it, Amen. then you will actually, without even being aware of it, you, you, will, start, you will start going in that direction. Amen. Your mind will start taking you in that direction. And so I'm not going to talk about um, necessarily poverty and sickness this morning, but it's, it's not so much about people being broke as it is a mentality. It's a poverty mentality that needs to be broken. Same with sick, sickness mentality. They're all mentalities. They're way of thinking. It's your behavior. It affects, the, it affects our bodies. It affects your health. Your thinking also influences your physical responses, your, your mental attitude. It can even affect, as I just said, your health. You know, remember, I've taught this before. I, I taught in a couple of my messages uh, when we were talking about... Um, the things that we focus on. I taught on how med students, you know, uh, in, in the medical schools and the med students, you know, when um, they are studying on a particular disease, they're studying that particular disease, uh, that, most, that most of the uh, students will come down with that disease that they're studying because they're focusing on it. And then you think that was kind of hard to believe, but it's true. That's where it goes. Everything is going to happen where your mind is. It, it, it's, it's where it's going to take you where you want to go. You have to change the way you think, saints. You must change your way of thinking to the way God thinks. You must begin to see things His way. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, according to Romans 8. In other words, you can think with your flesh or you can think with your spirit. That's what Paul is saying. The Apostle Paul puts it this way. He says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. But to be carnally minded, he says, is death. But to be spiritually minded, he says, is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God according to Romans 8, 5. And I want to give you just a little definition. Maybe you don't know what the word enmity means, but enmity means it's a feeling or condition of hostility, of hatred, ill will, and animosity. That's what uh, enmity means. It means hostility toward God. It means hatred toward Him. 
And saints, that should be a stark reminder to us concerning the way that we should think. Because what we think, we will give voice to, as I mentioned earlier, and what we give voice to, we will experience eventually. We will eventually give action to it. Are you hearing me? You must line your mouth up with what the Word of God says, saints. God's Word possesses amazing power. As we all know, all the power is in His Word. It, it possesses amazing power. A single word, just one single word, has the power of life and death in it. Think about that. Just one word has the power of life and death in it. Words are a powerful part of my life, and it's a, power, it's a part of your life. Just think of it this way. A sword can kill one person at a time. But, but words are much sharper and more powerful than a sword. It's like an atomic bomb. They can become a weapon that can wipe out a large number at once, just with your tongue. In order to change your words and your language, you must first understand the importance of words. Words can hurt people as well as heal people. That's why it's imperative that you understand the importance of words. It's important that you understand the importance of your words. The Bible says that through his word, all creation came into existence, according to Colossians 1.16. And through his word, all the miracles were accomplished. Hallelujah. Jesus himself used a word to defeat Satan when he was uh, tempted in the garden. Jesus, it says here that when Jesus was tempted, he told Satan. He says, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that pro proceeds out of the mouth of God. The Bible also tells you that you've been trapped by what you said and ensnared by the words of your mouth, according to Proverbs 6, 2. And we're all familiar with the verse where it says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who eat it, who love it, will eat the fruit thereof, according to Proverbs 18, 21. You know, and, and sometimes I, I teach that and I think about it and I think about it. And I, sometimes I just don't know. Um, you know, it's like I said, you know, when I was sitting over there and, the, and, and this thought came to me that I keep teaching the same thing, teaching the same thing. I come at it maybe a different way, but it all boils down to your mouth. It is so imperative. I cannot express how important it is for you to speak if you want what you want, get, if you want the things that you want, to line your words up and, and to examine every word that comes out of your mouth. It is so important. So yes, I do do a lot of teaching on your mouth and your words because number one, that is what God has called and anointed me to do. And from Genesis to Revelations, the Bible is filled with the results of the words we speak. We can see those results in our health and in our finances. We will experience the results of the words coming out of our mouths. Now, where you choose to believe that or not is entirely up to you. But all you have to do is just to check wherever you are right now in your, in your spiritual walk with the Lord in your finances, in your health, and just check and see where you are, and then you'll know what you've been speaking the most of. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing coming from the Word of God, but unbelief also comes by hearing. Doubt comes by hearing. Fear comes by hearing. Strife comes by hearing. 
All these things come by hearing. And what you hear the most of is what you're going to be the fullest of. If you, what you eat the most of. And, the, and God says in his Bible, in, in the word, to eat his word. To eat it. So if you're eating his word, then you're going to be full of his word. But if you're eating words of fear and doubt, you're going to be full of fear and you're going to be full of doubt and unbelief. Everybody in here, if you're born again a Christian, you've got faith. So it's not your faith that's preventing you from getting where you want to go and need to go, but it's your unbelief. You have the faith. We all got the same measure of faith. Of course, that does increase the more you use it. Just like when I'm at the inlet, when I started back out there, I had to start out with low weights. But gradually, daily, weekly, I build up to stronger and stronger and stronger weights. And in and, 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 and comparison that to um, a spiritual thing, you know, maybe you get a headache. And, and, and so this morning you have a headache, so you speak to the headache and you curse that and rebuke that. And, and then the next thing, you know, maybe enemy brings something else on you that's bigger than a headache. But as you, as you practice speaking to, to your body and to your finances, as you practice speaking to them, when, when the enemy does bring something bigger, then you're, you're already prepared to handle it. You're ready. You don't want to wait till you get sick to start speaking verses on health and healing. You don't want to wait until it's like, you know, uh, it's like you're not going to wait until you have a car accident to go get insurance. It doesn't work that way, and neither does the Word of God. And, and so if you're having trouble in your finances, or, or if, you, if you want to stay ahead in your... Let's just get rid of that uh, poverty mentality this morning and just start thinking the way God thinks and just get that mentality out of there and just start thinking that you're, ble you're, the, you're blessed of the Lord, that you're highly blessed of the Lord, that you're highly favored of the Lord, that all His blessings come upon you every day and overtake you and chase you down the street. Start thinking that way. And then, and then your mind will start going that way. And then you will attract what you say. Yeah. You, then you will attract those good things. Are you hearing me? Yeah. Words that are spoken with the help of the Holy Spirit are always going to be creative, productive, and powerful. In other words, to obtain and know how to use powerful words, it requires the help of the Holy Spirit. It requires help of lots and lots of scriptures and a much, much prayer. And that, and then you're going to have, then you're going to be able to have those creative words and the productive words and the powerful words. Jesus shows us in Matthew 18, 18, how you and I can use our words to bind and loose things. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth, he says, will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Saints, that means that everything is either bound or loosed through your words, through your mouth. You can't bind them and loose them in any other way except through your mouth. You know, there's an old cliche that says, loose, ships, uh, loose uh, lips sink ships. <laughs> and I got time to preach on that, but, <laughs> but I could sure preach a few hours on loose lips sinking ships. Because it's with the loose lips that we're going to, a lot of people this winter are going to be coming down with the flu and pneumonia and all kinds of stuff through loose lips. That's right. Because they're going to say, I, I think I'm getting this, or I get this every year, and it's about that time. 
you know. So just the same way with your finances, you know, it's, it's never going to work. You know, this job's never, I'm, I can't do this, you know, it, it's never going to work. It's never going to pan out. It's never, nothing like that. Nothing's ever worked for me before, so why should that work now? You, when you speak, you must always speak with power and you must always speak with authority. Jesus says in John 4, 17, as he is, so are you. And it says that the people said, were amazed at Jesus' teaching because he taught them as one who had authority and not as the teachers of the law. And that's what we must do too, brothers and sisters. God's, speak God's word with power and authority and we must always have the word. And I want you to listen to this. You and I must always have the word at our disposal and not just be content with simply reading it. And what do I mean by that? I mean, it's like David said in Psalms 119, Lord, O oh Lord, I have hidden thy word in my heart, lest I should sin against thee. In other words, we need to hide the word in our hearts, like David did. And we need to have certain verses committed to memory to immediate use, to, for immediate use in spiritual combat. Are you hearing me? If you are studying the word, if you don't have, you can't memorize the whole Bible. Some people have, I have not. You don't have to memorize a, a lot of them, but memorize uh, enough scriptures on healing that if, if uh, and, and then speak about um, receive your healing by the blood, you know, that what Jesus has died to give you even before you get sick. But if you do get sick, you have those scriptures to stand on. You know, you can say, well, according to Isaiah 53, 5, you know, himself bore my pain for me so I wouldn't have to and by his stripes I'm healed. According to 1 Peter 24, by his stripes I'm healed. According to Matthew 8, 17, himself bore my pain so I wouldn't have to. Jesus died. He, 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 he bled for me. It was through the blood that I received my healing. That healing is flowing through me. That's what I'm saying. Be prepared. Have them commit them to memory. And the same thing with other things, you know, whether it's your finances or your family. Be prepared for use and, you know, Nothing is more effective than the word of God for use in fighting against evil spirits. Any evil spirit. Therefore, it's critical for you to set aside some time to memorize the word and to meditate on the word so that you can apply it to your life. And you need to practice speaking them so you won't forget once you already know them. Are you hearing me? Amen. Saints, when you do this, you will, make, you will be able to take the sword of the spirit by the handle, which is the word of God, and use it as your weapon of offense as well as defense. Once you do that, that's what the Word of God is. He says you wield the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Jeremiah 23, 29 says, Is not my word like fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock of most stubborn resistance? So let's begin by declaring out loud that our Savior lives and that he has defeated our enemy, that he has given us power, he's given us authority over every sickness, over every disease and every demonic spirit. He's given us both the power and the authority over all of these. And as a born again Christian, a, a child of God, we need to exert that power. 
He has given you and me everything that we need to put Satan under our feet. Hallelujah. And that's something that we really need to be shouting about this morning. As a matter of fact, I said earlier when I had them to say that song again, we just give God some more praise. Just welcome his presence. Don't be afraid to welcome God's presence in here. I just felt like that even though we were singing, we needed more. We needed more. We need more preparation. We need, we need to make sure that he knows that we love him. Make sure that he knows we want him in our presence. That we're not here this morning just out of a habit because coming to church is a good thing to do. We're here this morning because we want to honor him and be in his presence. That, that's why we're here this morning. We're here to honor him and we're, we're here to talk about him and, and we're here to sing praises to him. We want it to be that when we come in here and sing in the mornings and, and give him praise, we want to see the heavens open up and the angels ascending and the descending taking the praises back up to the throne we want him to be pleased because he sees our hearts he sees our hearts and so you can come in here and move your mouth around but if your heart is not with it then he's not going to go up it's not going to be pleasing to God but he want just think about that when you're giving praise as you're going up as Pastor Larry standing up here and he's saying he's singing a new song he's saying he's trying to encourage you to sing a new song there's a song in your heart Sing what's in your heart. Whatever the Holy Spirit is bringing in your heart, begin to put word, you know, sing it. Put music to the words and just sing out a new song, a new praise. It glorifies God because then he knows where your heart is. Are you hearing me? Jesus not only saved you, but he gave you power and dominion on this earth. He did not leave you down here like orphans. He said, I don't leave you like orphans. He said, and I will be back. Amen. You know, words are your essential tools that you're going to need to engage in spiritual warfare and to overcome those dire circumstances. Whatever situation you've got going on in your life this morning or whatever circumstance that you're facing this morning, the only way that you're going to combat that situation is through the Word of God. It is by opening up your mouth and speaking out what God says. So you're going to release your faith through words. So you claim and you claim and you reclaim God's promises over and over and over again. And when you do this, then you're going to experience some changes in your life. Hebrews 2 verse 8 says, He gave you authority over all things. Now when it says all things, He means nothing's left out. Hallelujah. Number one, as a believer, the devil is subject to is subject to you and he must obey you. That's right. yeah. Amen. The devil is subject to the words that the believer speaks and he must obey them. Right. I pray you're hearing me. And I want you to listen. I want you to know that one of the most dramatic and powerful demonstrations of dominion is singing. I think Pastor Larry knows this. That's why he keeps encouraging encouraging us saints you may not give much thought to this but it's important for you to be here on time for the praise and worship part of the service or any church that you happen to be attending it prepares your heart as i said earlier in your spirit for god's word to penetrate your heart throughout all scripture songs have always played a major role in the worship of god because they offer a glimpse of god's character and celebrates what he's already done in this world are you hearing me in Exodus 15, 2, it says the entire tribe of Israel sang as they crossed over the Red Sea. Saints, I want you to imagine that if you can. All of Israelites were singing as they crossed over the Red Sea. They were not crossing over the Red Sea crying. 
and being in fear and not knowing what was going to happen to them. They crossed over the Red Sea singing. That's what we need to do when the enemy's coming against us is start singing. Speaking the word and singing. Are you hearing me? The Israelites said, We will sing to the Lord, for the Lord is our strength and our song, and he has become our salvation. Hallelujah. This is our God, and we will praise him, they said. He is our Father, and we will exalt him. Hallelujah. In verse 3, it says, The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. And verse 8 says, With the blast of his nostrils, the waters piled up, and the flood stood fixed in a heap. Think about that. And the deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. And it says that God stretched out his right hand, and the earth sea swallowed them up. Just imagine that. There were hundreds and hundreds of men and their chariots all being swallowed up by the water right in front of their very eyes. I mean, right in front of the water that they just crossed through on dry land. It just congealed up. And they walked through on dry land. And when they turned around and looked and their enemy was pursuing them, God just reached out his right hand. But hallelujah, thank you, God. But just as the beginning, you know, when before they walked across on that dry land, you know, God told Moses to stick out that rod. That represented him. And the sea opened up. They were up against the wall. They were up against, uh, in this case, they were up against the sea. No place to go. Sometimes in life we get pushed up against a, a wall or sea. We feel like there's no place to go. There's no way out. But there's always a way out. There's always a place to go. God said, I'll always make you a way of escape. He made the Israelites, he made them a way of escape. He just stuck out his right hand and the water just congealed up. And hundreds of chariots and men were swallowed up by the water. Like I said, the very same water that the Lord had just led them through. And can you imagine what a sight that must have been? The Israelite says, he has given us victory. He, this is our God and we will praise him. He's given us victory this morning, saints. He's given us victory. You, you wake up just because you might not can pay a bill on time or, or just because you woke up with sniffling with a headache this morning. Maybe you ain't feeling very blessed, but you're blessed just to be breathing. Yeah, yeah, amen. The, it, God has his angels encamped around and about you, and they are protecting you. And you, if you even had any idea what Satan had in store for you and how God has already protected you from so many things and so much that you just may stand in amazement. Because a only a little bit of it got through to you. And maybe it was a whole lot to you, but to him it was just a little bit. Yeah. Hallelujah. So we need to praise him every day. We need to wake up praising him. It says here that the song that Moses and the rest of the Israelites were singing that day was a way for them to celebrate how God had saved them from Pharaoh and his army. He said it was a song of celebration. You know, God wants you to be happy too, saints, and he wants you to sing songs of victory, songs of celebration. Jesus says he has already defeated Satan. He is a defeated foe. Hallelujah. That's the reason, that's, you know, that's the reason right, uh, right there enough to sing and shout. In 2 Chronicles 20, 22, it says that when they began to sing, that God set an ambush. Think about that. Not before 
But after they began to sing, after they began to praise him, after they began to sing, not before. When they did that, he set an ambush for their enemies. You need to know that God will set up an ambush for your enemies too when you begin to give him praise and when you begin to put him first and when you begin to honor him. It's important to praise our God. It's important to worship Him. And it's important to honor Him. And you honor Him by being on time. You, you honor Him by being there for the whole service to the praise and worship, to the preaching of the Word. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to keep on unless Pastor kicks me out. But it says that the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him in their holy priestly garments as they went, uh, as they went out before the army singing, Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy and loving kindness endures forever. Hallelujah. His loving kindness endures forever. As a matter of fact, in Psalms 23, he said, The goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. So... Just look back there. They're back there somewhere. Goodness and mercy. If God said it, it's true. He said, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. He said, he surrounded you with his favor. He said, you know, his favor goes before you and shows you favor with all mankind. Causes people to go out of their way to be good to you. Causes people to do things for you that otherwise you would never get done if he didn't go and prepare the way for you. There's people that's gone in, I know for a fact, one person that needed a job, needed an apartment. And, and I know that that, that, that uh, application got thrown in the trash can for that apartment. But I know that the person that was believing for it just kept glorifying God and kept praying and kept thanking the Lord. And, and somehow or another, that, that application miraculously got moved out of that trash can about a week later. And they got the apartment, the best one they had out there. You know, you, you, you just cannot imagine what God wants to do for us. But we first have to honor him and praise him for what he's already done. Not wait until certain such, uh, such and such happens, but just praise him now. You know, saints, if you're probably, most of you are probably aware of this. But as a rule, when soldiers go into battle, they sometimes shout a war cry, or sometimes they would just chant to the rhythm of their own marching. They do this because it encourages them. Jehoshaphat had his men do the same thing. However, their shouts were to summons the help of the Lord instead of their own courage. So when uh, Jehoshaphat's men were shouting and singing, their shouts were to summons the help of God. When you're shouting and you're singing, you know, God wanted them to see that they were not the warriors. You're not the warriors. God wanted them to know that he was fighting for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just like he's fighting your battles today. Amen. Just like he's fighting my battles today, brothers and sisters. The Bible says that the very moment, that the very moment that they began to sing and give praise, God caused their enemies to fight amongst themselves. We all know the story, or most of us do. And it says that when the army of Judah arrived, all they saw were dead bodies everywhere. Imagine that. Just think about that. You, you, you are prepared. You're all armed and you're ready to go to fight the war, you know, fight the battle. And, and God, he sends out a praise team in front of you. And when you get there to fight, 
There's nobody to fight. They're all dead. You look around, and it says that um, the dead bodies were laying on the ground as far as the human eye could see. If they looked over that way, there was dead bodies. If they looked that way, there was dead bodies. Wherever they looked, there was dead bodies. Not one survived. All dead bodies. The Bible says not one single one of their enemies had escaped. But yet God, that same God that said that not one of their enemies escaped, is the same God that says, I will always provide a way out for you. I will always make a way of escape for you. And he'll never tempt you. Never tempt you. He'll always provide a way out. It says, after the battle, that King Jehoshaphat and his men went out and gathered great amounts of clothing and other valuables. It said they... They found, among, uh, they found among them, talking about their enemies, uh, an, an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies. And it, says, and it says that they found a lot of jewelry that was on the bodies too. And what the Israelites did is they just stripped. They stripped, all, they, they stripped all the jewelry. They stripped everything off of the dead bodies. And there was so much, it took them three days. It took them three days to gather it up and carry it out. Can you imagine that? You know, the people had prayed to God and the Lord had told them, do not be afraid. He said, don't, he said, don't be discouraged by this mighty army. Don't be discouraged this morning, saints, if you're, if you're facing a dire circumstance or situation. Don't, don't, don't be afraid and don't be concerned about it. The Bible says that um, to cast your care upon him because he cares for you. So whatever that you might be experiencing this morning, just cast that care over on him and then just, I mean, really cast it on him and trust him to take care of it for you. He wants to fight your battles for you. He said, I'll fight. He said you're not the warrior. He's the warrior. He said, you will not. He told him, he said, for the battle is not yours. That battle is not yours. The enemy brings things on you, but you don't have to fight them by yourself. You've got God on your side. He said, if he be for you, who can be against you? Think about that. If God Almighty, the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the one that created the heavens and the universe is on your side, what can possibly hurt you? He said, you know, in one place he says, don't be afraid of their faces. Don't be afraid of them. He said, you will not need to fight in this battle. He said, just position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When I I really believe that when he's saying position yourself, in process of positioning yourself, I think you need to arm yourself, begin arming yourself with the word of God. And if you can't think of any songs, put you on some praise and worship music and begin to sing along with them. And as you sing along with them, the Lord will put other things in your in your spirit, and then just, if you do nothing but just say, Lord, I just thank you that you created the heavens and the earth, that you created me. I thank you, Father, that this battle is not my battle. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to fight my battle for me. I thank you, Lord, that I have no idea how I'm going to make this payment. I have no idea how this is going to happen, but you said, Lord, that you would make a way of escape. You said that you're going to fight my battle for me, so I'm going to cast this on to you. Are you hearing me? Saints, he's telling you the same thing. Yes, we are living in the day where it's hard to feel safe anywhere. Evil seems to abound everywhere. 
in our churches and in our schools today. But what does the word say? What does the word say? The word says in Romans 5.20, where sin or evil abounds, grace much more. Grace abounds much more. Much more. So don't get discouraged. Yes, there is a lot of evil going on. Yes, there are a lot of things that can be frightening. But just know that where, even though there's evil there, grace is abounding even more. And your protection is getting stronger. In closing, let me say this. When Jesus ushered in the kingdom of God, Satan's termination began that very second. His termination began the moment that Jesus ushered in the kingdom of God. In other words, he was doomed. He was doomed to hell. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Isaiah 14, 16, Jesus said, Those who see you, talking about Satan, he says, will look at you and consider him, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble and shook the kingdoms? Saints, when that day comes, you're going to be amazed at the one who caused you to walk in fear. You're going to be amazed at the one who caused you so much pain. But you're just going to have to continue to believe what the Lord's telling you. It is in knowing that with God on your side, and through his word that you can stand, saints, in the midst of any storm, just like the Israelites did. He can bring you across on dry ground. He can open up the seas for you. In other words, he can open up a job opportunity for you. He can get a bill paid for you. He can heal your body. There's, there's nothing in the world that he can't do. Hallelujah. I'm so happy to hear that. You know, you don't have to wait until everything is good. Don't have to wait until everything is good to sing and give praise to God. It is in your praising that he does his best work. In other words, with a thankful heart. You know, and it reminds you that in Acts 16, most of you are familiar with Acts 16, 25. It says, Paul and Silas sang in the Philippians jail. And as they began to sing and praise the Lord, their shackles fell off. They didn't fall off as long as Paul and Silas were just sitting there complaining, wondering, well, where is God? You know, we're out doing his work, and here we are in jail, we're in chains. You know, if, if, if you know, God was really for us, then why would he allow us to come and, you know, get in this jail? But they didn't do any of that. They just began to praise they just began to praise and worship the Lord. And as they were praising and worshiping the Lord, the chains fell off. And just think about all the people that became Christians after that. <laughs> just be a witness. Hallelujah. And the gates opened up. Hallelujah.